Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom, and we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and PT pearls to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. All right, before we dive into our next PT pearl, I just need to address something. There is a grand shoe spiracy going on where we are all binding our feet up in these tiny little shoes that don't let our toes move, that have thick, thick bottoms, that don't move and flex with our foot, and also don't let us feel the ground underneath us. It's time to get yourself some Vivo Barefoots that actually have space for the toes, that have these thin bottoms that allow us to feel the ground underneath us and move with our feet in the way they were meant to. Go to the link in the show notes. They also have a 100-day risk-free trial where you can try those things out, and if you're not completely satisfied with them, send them right back. So use the link in the show notes and get your Vivo Barefoots today. We've had a code change, so make sure you use code TOB so that you get 15% off. That is TOB, like the Optimal Body Podcast. Thanks for joining us again on another PT Pearl. We are talking into NEOA or osteoarthritis, that dreaded diagnosis of bone on bone. Uh oh, OA. What are we gonna do? <laughs> I've been thinking about that one. Oh yeah. yeah. I planned that one out. Super hilarious. No, I think this is something that really, really bothered me as a PT because mm. you always get people who come in and I don't know how many times I heard somebody tell me it's the worst that the surgeon has ever seen. Oh my, you should see my x-rays. It's the worst. The surgeon told me it's the worst they've ever mm -hmm. seen. It's bone on bone. I, I don't have, have no cartilage left. I have left. no padding there at all anymore. And it just kind of ticks me off because that's immediately the thing that it puts in their mind that yep. they are at a loss. They have no way to fix this. They have no padding. It's forever going to be painful unless someone else fixes it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I, I mean, I think it is the most behind like disc herniations. It is the scariest thing for a client to see on an x-ray or an MRI. And it is the scariest diagnosis to receive because we've built up these principles and these beliefs of what bone on bone means. And I think it's really important for us to start to dive through those because yes, although osteoarthritis means a loss of articular cartilage within the, the, the joint, true, yep. that doesn't have to mean a loss of function. Yep. And it doesn't even necessarily have to correlate to pain. So I think we get to understand that and we're going to help, you know, really, I think one of the first things I think is cool to clear up is the concept that bone on bone doesn't necessarily mean pain. Like it, I mean, it doesn't at all. Like your bone is not the thing that has the free nerve endings and is causing the pain signal. So literally bone on bone is not what's causing pain. There are other things that could cause pain. Yeah. And I mean, really the progression of this disease called osteoarthritis, it, it kind of happens in most people to some degree, everybody throughout life. Yeah. I mean, we have these meniscus between our knees and we know as we age, those kind of lose hydration and they lose some of their thickness and many people get tears. You know, we'll look at images and MRIs of people who are older who have no symptoms, a hundred people with no symptoms that might be 60 or older. And I don't know the actual percentage, but many of them will have different tears in their meniscus will have a degree of osteoarthritic 
growth, like different osteophytes or just that basically means bony growths. Yeah. Um, and they don't have any pain. Mm-hmm. So again, it, there's so much support in the research and the literature behind this concept that how your image looks does not equal the amount of pain you're having at the knees. Which is what we've talked about before too. So breaking down this concept of like bone on bone causing pain. No, not necessarily. Right. So there's other things around that joint that can cause pain. And one of them being the periosteum. So that's just the covering of the bone. And we do know that it is painful if you break a bone or anything like that. And it's because that lining that surrounds the bone does have the nerve ending. And so if there's any tear around that, then yeah, that can cause some pain. Um, also the synovium. So synovial fluid within that joint. Yeah. Just kind of covering that joint itself can cause some inflammation if we get any any tearing within that cavity. And generally just what we see is that there's certain, you know, markers within the fluid that is in the synovium or yeah. within the fluids in our body that are more associated with inflammatory states. So if we kind of just look at what contributes to causing OA pain. Uh, again, I, I do want to pull us back from this idea of it's just bone on bone. That's what's causing my pain. Look at my image. That's what's causing my pain. Not necessarily. And there's a whole systemic thing that we're going to talk about that can cause mm-hmm. the pain because, you know, if we just look at the outside lining of the knee, so, or of any bone, the outside lining of the bone, so the periosteum, if there is a tear and that outside lining, that can cause a lot of pain. So thinking of, of that, this is also the synovium. So if we're thinking of the, the lining of the joint cavity itself, that yeah. can cause some inflammation, edema. So any inflammation and edema having in, happening in that area, that's really what's causing the pain. It's not necessarily that my image shows it's bone on bone. Yeah. And the real catch 22 is when we have this edema, when we have the swelling and and get the initial pain, one of our first reactions is to stop, stop Mm -hmm. doing anything that might be painful. Yeah. Right. When in reality, movement and some of the things that may cause a little bit of the discomfort is going to help us get rid of that edema, going to help us get rid of some of these cytokines or like these chemical messengers that basically just cause more to come to the area, which causes, you know, some of this edema. And it's having that edema in a chronic state or for a long period of time that then starts creating these more chronic pain patterns, which we've talked to and about, or we've talked into those in multiple different podcasts, like what Mm -hmm. happens when we start having pain for six weeks, six months, right? Then it becomes more of this Chronic, chronic loop that our body's just stuck in that anytime we even think about the knees, our knee pain will will elevate a little bit. So now is when we kind of talk into how can we prevent ourselves from getting into that chronic loop and getting rid of some of these cytokines, getting rid of this edema that might be putting our knees in a little bit of a tight spot, literally, yeah. because it's reducing the amount of space our joint has to operate and putting more pressure on those free nerve endings right. that may cause that initial ouch pain. You guys, you have pain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it's not to diminish the fact that you don't have pain. Yeah. You, you might have pain, right? For but sure. we're just saying there are ways that we can start to work with that. And I think that's what's important to remember is that before you got the image, did you have bone on bone, right? Did Was there a loss of cartilage happening along the way? Probably. So... Yeah. Now that you suddenly see it and you're feeling the pain doesn't mean that it's necessarily changed. 
And it doesn't mean that more exercise is going to make it worse. And I think that's like a very important message, right? Is more exercise and more work on that knee is not going to contribute to more harm or more pain. And even if you're experiencing a, a small level of pain, so let's say under five, right? On a scale from one to 10, for at like three or four, it's a safe level to keep working. And we're not causing harm. Even if it's above a five, we're not necessarily causing more harm. It's just that it's going to be harder, obviously, at that state to be able to work out. So we have to look at yeah. other other factors, which we're going to talk into as well. Yeah. And we, you know, we talked a little bit about these different, you know, messengers or chemical messengers or things you'll find in the blood mm-hmm. or fluids that denote cartilage degeneration. One of them specifically is COMP or C-O-M-P. That is kind of something you'll find in the blood when we're seeing a lot of cartilage degeneration and that has been shown to go down with increased exercise. <laughs> right. So, and again, for me, it kind of makes sense because as we move the joint, we move the fluids and it kind of helps clear things out of the area. So we're not going to have as much of this cartilage degeneration. So moving more might actually slow the amount or rate of cartilage degeneration in our knees. Exactly. And then when we look at other markers, I mean, I like to bring up these markers just because it helps to confirmation bias. Like, this is good. This is good. My body is responding to this, right? And we've now studied these things. So like interleukin 10, which is a cartilage protective chemical, it's actually produced in response to exercise. So if we're talking about something that can protect what I do have all around my body, not just in your knee, obviously, it's not just local, right? It's systemic. Then why wouldn't I want to release this even more within my body and help yeah. stimulate this? And that's through exercise. Yeah. And same thing with these cytokines that mm-hmm. are kind of the chemical messengers that call all this crap into the joint that might contribute to this edema just with increased exercise, specifically running that you're even running something that people say like, Oh, I've got OA, I can't run. Like, no, if you run, you might actually reduce the amount of cytokines in the knee, reduce the edema overall in the knee. And then again, just if I think basic physiology, we're going to move more fluids through that joint Mm -hmm. and fluids are going to bring new lubrication, new synovial fluid, you know, all of the building blocks that our muscles and our bone are going to need after doing that exercise to then kind of reinforce and say, okay, we're doing movement. We need more muscle here. We need some, you know, bone remodeling here. Mm -hmm. And our body can still do that. Even as we get older in life, we just have to give it the right stimulus, which is that exercise (laughs) to model it in the way that we want, not sitting still. That's not going to do anything to help. It's really not. And and you just go down more of a, a dangerous path of developing other metabolic diseases, which are super chronic and inflammatory within the United States. And what a lot of people end up dying from chronic heart disease or diabetes, you know, there's a lot of other factors that can happen if we stop moving. Yeah. When I see individuals who start to get this, you know, chronic knee pain and it's giving them the fear that they don't want to even move anymore and they, they, don't like to even stand up or walk for short distances. Like it's going to make it really tough to just maintain general health. Yeah. And I think that's one of the points that you're alluding to. And then people will think like, oh, getting a a knee replacement is going to fix all these problems. The pain will go away because the bone on bone will be gone. Right. And, you know, I can't tell you how many people who haven't been very functional before a knee replacement or surgery 
have gone into the surgery and come out that I've seen that haven't done well at all, have still had very high levels of pain, haven't been able to function because they just weren't strong. They didn't have a strong muscle to be able to support their body and get back to walking anyway. So you get into this negative feedback loop of, oh, I've got pain, I'm going to do less. And then my body overall might just get more and more unhealthy. And more inflamed, and which we know we went through in the very beginning, that's what's causing more pain. Mm-hmm. So we need to get back to the point of like, I'm pushing through, I'm, I'm feeling little aches and pains, and that's okay. My body's just talking to me, but I get to, if, if I'm going to keep moving these fluids through, if I'm going to keep responding something differently, I need to keep moving. I need to keep exercising. And we, there are studies that continue to show that an increase in muscle mass De- or increases our longevity overall. Mm-hmm. It decreases our all-cause mortality. And we know also that like this thigh strength and this quadricep strength, it relates, we can associate that to like a decreased risk of actually developing really painful osteoarthritis if yeah. we just keep our leg super strong. And so even if you develop it, if you get it, well, how can we start to you know, work within our means and within what our body's capable of doing, because it doesn't mean you have to go lift a bunch of heavy weight. You There's so many ways yeah. in which we can exercise and and feel and, and start to build this muscle mass that's really going to protect us, even if you go and get the surgery. We're not against the surgery either. Yeah. We're, we're against not moving at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much for long functional, you know, lives of mobility, of purpose, And if getting a knee replacement surgery in a certain stage of your life helps you have much better function Mm -hmm. for the last 15, 20 years of your life, amazing. Let's get you ready so that you can make sure that you have a successful transition through that. Because I think one thing you just said was really important that having a really strong quad, Mm -hmm. which is this big muscle on our big powerhouse of our leg um, and of our knee specifically, if you have a really strong quad, it helps prevent symptomatic OA. It's not going to help. necessarily the osteoarthritis from developing throughout life. Like you you still could get an image. You know, I've torn both of the medial meniscus in my knees. I know that when I'm 60, 70 or 80, I might get pictures of my knees and they might look awful. Yeah. But I'm really hoping that I stay functional and that I'm not having any significant or severe pains or losses of function because of the way I structure and maintain strength in my life. And we really want to just continue to look at the overall picture of things, right? And and we know that, say, you become more bow-legged over a period of time, well, or maybe you're more knock-kneed. It's just the ability to get out of these positions. Mm-hmm. And that's what's really going to decrease the stress and the amount of tension that we're putting on one side of the bone or the joint itself, which again, that inflammation within that area can cause pain. So, and I've worked with someone who was significantly bow-legged and we got him moving in all different directions and doing some crazy stuff and doing crazy lunges and squats. And he eventually had no pain. And we were, I'm I'm very cautious of saying this, but the structure of of how his leg was presenting was starting to change as well, just through exploring different types of movement and getting his body to start to react in different ways. And so it's, 
it's possible no matter what age you're at to start to create real change within the body and feel something different. Your mom just told us her bunion's I going know. away. <laughs> like, it's like my favorite I story now. <laughs> I mean, she's in her 60s, yep. in her, later in her 60s, and like she's making structural, as far as she's perceiving, yep. structural changes, and she's noticing differences in her feet. Um, with so many people, you give them the license to, hey, just explore moving a little differently. Yep. And what that helps you do is it helps you become aware of your tendencies. And rather than holding and hammering down into our tendencies, if we kind of explore the opposite side of the spectrum, although it may be crazy and scary when we start it, if we do it in an unloaded way, if mm -hmm. you're just moving your legs in space when you're sitting in your chair or laying on your back, that's an amazing place to start. Yeah. Because if we're not loading anything, you're going to be able to do it safely. And then you can progress to doing things in standing, doing squats a little bit differently, sitting down into your chair and positioning your legs a little different. Yeah. I mean, ultimately... We have to keep moving. One guy who runs around our building and he looks like he's in his 70s. Oh, I'd say older than that. He, he looks like he's in his 70s or 80s. And every single day he is out running like an hour a day. You 90 guys. minutes. 90 minutes. Yes. Yeah. Daniel Rain Tucker, or said 90 shine. Minutes. Rain or shine. He literally will he go into our there. garage and just run yep. up and down the entire length of the building, which is quite a ways for 90 minutes. And it's like every single day. And do you think that he doesn't have some kind of aches and pains on a day to day basis? No. I heard a, a recording of the woman. I don't know. I think it was like the 100 over 100. She had like the record for the 100 meter dash over 100 years old. And she was like, so proud that she had run every day of her life mm -hmm. since I don't know when she started running. Yeah. And people just asked her, I remember the watching the video of like, how do you do it? How do you get up and like run every day? Like, don't you ever have pain? Like, don't you ever not want to do it? She's just like, oh yeah, pain. Yes. Every day. Like she was like, but I just get up and do it. Mm -hmm. I just get up and move because it's what makes me happy. And it's what I love to do. And I'm just like, that's incredible. And it's so motivating to see people like that doing that, being the age I'm at and starting to feel aches and pains, I'm just realizing that pains aren't something that we're ever going to fix or get to go away completely or, you know, they will ebb and flow with our life as the stresses of life ebb and flow in every capacity. And it's just learning to do something a little different to maybe feel a little bit different, but ultimately fulfill that purpose through that movement. And we're very cautious and we know, you know, if you're having pain, it's scary to move, yeah. right? Like we are physical therapists. We've worked with a ton of patients. So we get that fear to, to drop in. We get, we understand the, the caution, the soreness that might come along with it, the scariness, the, the not wanting to move because you're in so much pain. We get it, you know, and we're here to tell you like, it does get better. It's, you have to be willing to go along the journey, no matter how old you are. And we know that building muscle mass is going to create such a healthier body. And it truly is going to help any knee OA, no matter where you are along the journey. Thank you again for joining us on yet another PT Pearl. We just appreciate you so much. And of course, if you need more visuals for each PT Pearl, they are over at Doc Gen Fit on YouTube. There is a whole section for the PT Pearls from the Optimal Body Podcast that you can use to really see what we're talking about. And don't forget, if you really like this, if you're learning from it, share it out, share it with your community, tell us what you're learning, rate and subscribe to the episode because there's going to be so many more goodies and BT pearls along the way. And if you're ready to dive in even deeper, 
Don't forget, we have an Optimal Body membership with an incredible community of movers learning with us and moving in their body. Until next time, thank you again.